Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of departments, industries and functions, all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data analytics. Let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast brought to you by Corinium. This week we're talking all about the culture of analytics, specifically how the culture of an organisation has a big impact on the analytics within. And we have invited the wonderful Callum Staff, who's the head of data science and analytics for Marks and Spencer to join us. Now, if you haven't met Callum, a few intro facts just to bring you up to speed. Callum's been within Marks and Spencer's for almost four years now. And prior to MS, Callum has worked within in the Department of Education and the Food Standards Agency as well. Now, if you can't find him at his desk, you'll most likely find him enjoying a bike ride, preparing for his next triathlon. Hi, Callum, how's it going? Hello, and thank you very much for, for having me on the podcast. Yes, all good, thank you. You are so welcome. I'm really excited about this topic today, but I, I've got to admit, sitting here uh, th- feeling rather unhealthy, in fact, with, with you and your triathlons, I mean, what do you enjoy so much about cycling? I guess I just I, I like it. I, it's twofold, um, uh, really. It's something that's, that's great, great exercise uh, and, and great to great to get out and have something really good to, to focus on. But also, and this is definitely something that was really good in uh, in, in lockdown, just being able to to get out and, and just think about nothing uh, and do something completely different. And, and it was probably the only way to be uh, to be out for any any kind of length of time going cycling. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that, that was really nice um, and, and yeah, good to have as a, a kind of an exercise activity and then something a bit more mindful as well. Mm, yeah and it, it is mindful right because you you have to kind of think about what you're doing because otherwise you're going to fall off um you, you do have to maintain that balance and then focus you can't really let your mind wander too far which which allows you to be very present and I think as you say the the last 19 months or so that we've had I think it's quite good to have that grounding experience when uh when the the stress levels have, have been quite high for many of us now Callum, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because I've never come across a leader or rather I've never done uh, an interview with a leader who has both data science and analytics within their title. So I wonder if you can tell me a bit about your role and how that how that looks like in reality. Sure. So I look after data science and, and analytics in the food business at Marks and uh, Spencer. So we, we have the, the food business, our clothing and home business, and then our international uh, business. So I look after the, the, the food side of things. I'm responsible for, for teams that, that, that govern and, and utilize data to support operations across MS food, not in our customer world, um, though. And, and that's, that's an important uh, distinction. So we focus on the operations side. Um, of things and basically there's 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 three teams uh within there there's a a data quality and governance team Uh, there's a data science team doing both our commercial analysis exploratory work and then working on the technology and and models um that that go with that to to deploy those and there's a reporting team working on on our our, um, bi and and dashboard capability and combining um the the teams is something that's really important for me because it has notable benefits ultimately they are distinct areas but they overlap as well in in their skills and that coordination is is something that that we're really pushing towards across a number of uh, number of products part of our uh, strategy um 
for the the long-term engagement of of teams is is first of all going in and finding out what data needs to be um needs to be used and then making sure it's it's of a, a good enough um uh, state um and then going in uh, secondly and working out what reporting needs to be done so we're taking these teams on a journey and this this happens over over multiple years and then once we have got um, them into uh, a state where we're building on um, reports frequently. We can then look at what we do uh, in, in data science and some of those more advanced analytics. And that worked really well as a way of engaging our supply chain team. And we're looking at, at how we do that in, in other areas as well. You predicted my next question, because as soon as you were saying about the journey there, Callum, instantly I wanted to say, okay, tell me about the, the length of time, because we, we talk about so many projects um, on, on the podcast, and I think it's always good to root that in, in reality of how long that's going to take, and, and you mentioned there a, a few years. So, I mean, that, that's kind of the macro. Are you able to give us a bit of flavour for, for some of the things that you are working on within M&S within that? So... When I say everywhere across M&S food, that's not a facetious answer um, at all. Um, why everywhere, I guess, is, is the, the, the point, because there's a hell of a lot that we could be, be getting on with. My observation is that the, the retail industry has traditionally been incredibly um, fragmented. Uh, and, and you had a, a peer of mine from John Lewis on the, the, the podcast recently, and, and she observed the same. I think the phrase she used that was, that was quite good was data immaturity. Um, and, and so kind of to speak in a bit more formal mathematical uh, terms, you get lots of local optimization or, or traditionally had that. And that's something that we're really trying to drive against. And, and that's what we're working towards as a team to get this global uh, optimization, be that optimizing for value, profit, customer loyalty. And that's that's what we're, we're, we're working towards. So the, the projects that, that we work on, although we do have to pick Kind of the dots to, to focus on we're, we're building towards that that long-term um, uh, vision and that's something that's really emanated out of the data science team driving that that global optimization um, as, as we um, we call it but that's all quite high level in terms of the the major dots that we are looking at at the moment supply chain is is a big one and i think is a big one for for data and analytics in any retail um, uh, firm so demand forecasting, optimizing inventory levels. Another big area is what we call space and range. So which product should I put in a store to best serve the customers of that store? And how much space should I give different um, uh, products depending on, on the demand um, for them? And another area for, for us, which is very relevant at, at the, the moment and is, is a key value for us as a, as a business, is around nutrition and sustainability and the, the choices that, that come with uh, that. So providing visibility um, on those areas to our teams is something that's really important. It's an area that we haven't traditionally supported as much as our supply chain. So we're on that journey that I was just talking about, about um, at the moment we're, we're doing some work to automate a report that uh, has to be sent out quarterly that normally takes a week to put together manually. We're working on a, uh, a dashboard that can do it in two minutes. Um, wow. So it's, it's all part of that, that journey. And, and that's the, the third of the big areas that, that we're, we're focusing on. Yeah, and I mean, it just speaks to the, to the breadth and depth of where data and analytics can end up, right? And I think you provide a really good user case for this and the fact that you have the supply chain, which makes sense to, to us all, I think. But then, as you say, that that wider thinking, and we know as a population, everyone is 
which or at least were being encouraged. Most people are trying to be more sustainable in their choices. People are looking at the back of packages, where are things coming from, what decisions they're making. Uh, you know, we've had previous people, uh, guests on the podcast, talk about, uh, you know, the, the environmental side to it. And it just shows that data analysts can filter into all of these various areas. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with more organizations and more leaders now being more data driven that they're actually saying hey can you guys come over and help this new business challenge um and i think yeah like i say you you provide a really good user case for exactly that um oh my goodness changing from a week of manual work to, to a two-minute dashboard i mean that is that is the absolute dream now with all of that that's that's quite a rosy picture you have painted but i'm sure there are a few big challenges you're also working through i wonder if you could uh, speak to those a little bit yeah so culture is is the easy one and, and, and it's, it's the, the the topic of what what we're talking uh, about here um we've been on a great journey since since i've joined and, and before um that there have been some some real leaders driving um the, the the opportunities that data and analytics provide in the business but it's an evolution as it is in 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 all um all companies and, uh, and it's really good to be kind of supporting the transformation that mns is going through but it, it, it's just that it's it's a transformation so um i think identifying those opportunities and working with people and building things up slowly and hopefully it snowballs is, is a definitely a way that we're going about it but but that's that's all part of a, of a journey so that's that's the obvious one the one that that i spend a lot of time thinking about which is quite kind of businessy jargon is, is is what we refer to in in uh, MS as operating models and that will probably resonate with, with with a lot of people but basically what's the process that you put around an analytical product so it's all very well building a new dashboard building a new machine learning model but if you just plonk it in somewhere and, and leave it this it's, it's never going to take root and, and and grow so what we've probably spend as much time or, or, or energy thinking about it's not just the technical side but how does that work day to day with people's meetings with the ways that they interact with with other people with the steps that they need to take where does it fit in and um in in almost kind of quite a management consultancy way thinking through that sort of uh, stuff is 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 a major bit and i i've, I've seen this in in uh, previous projects in mns and and when i was in the civil service that when we didn't do that things just became a white elephant and so thinking thinking through that is is really really uh, important and and yeah it's, it's something that we're we're spending a lot of time trying to get right going forward 100% especially if you're trying to make change or you're trying to change actions if you're not really understanding the the, the business and how they're working and, and having that conversation uh, I, I can only imagine how many models there are sat on a shelf covered in dust uh, in many organizations because as you say that process hasn't been thought and we, we always go back to that that uh, the, those three areas right technology process and people and uh, different leaders will put them in different orders as to what is most important to them but I think um, as you've, you you've said there you've got the culture with the people on one hand and process uh, being a, a big foundation for them, the technology and, and whatever, whatever else you're, you're using to make that solution um, come alive. Now, I know when we spoke before, Callum, something that you were particularly interested in is deep culture and how important that is for analytical progression. And I wonder if you could uh, speak to that a little bit, because I think our listeners will be really uh, keen to hear your thoughts there. So this is very much a personal journey that, that I, I've been on as I, I've been developing as, as a, a manager and, and a leader of, of really the, the realization that um, 
the importance of placing the people stuff first is 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 I, I can't express how how vital I think that is right down to when I get in in the morning my my to do list the HR stuff is always at the top it's it's even if it's the really kind of menial bits it's mm. that because getting that that group of people in place and doing what needs to be done is 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 paramount in terms of the culture more widely one of the, the the most powerful things that that stayed with me in, in MNS is three words that the, the data science team came up with that define the culture that we're, we're trying to build and that's craftsmanship collaboration and and trust and I, I won't kind of explain what those mean to us because they're going to be the same as, as they are with with other people but I, I think that defines what what we're we're trying to uh, uh trying to do and it's what we look for in, in people in the in the team we're also building a team of specialists not generalists and that's how we that's how we look to to recruit and that's how we look to develop individuals um as as well um because we think then that allows people to work and, and deliver in an area that they are strongest not have to work across a number of areas and then be slowed down by the thing that they're they're weakest on and that's really good from a motivating point of view but also from a commercial point of view that increases the quality and the value of the outputs that, that come out so it, it's twofold as well as it's, it's sensible business um I think the thing that goes with with that though is we, we really want to see people uh, have a future and feel that they've got a future at, at MS. Um, the digital and data profession is, is growing across MS um, in, in general, which is really exciting. Um, but what we are looking to do is also put in tangible steps um, as well. So an example of, of something that we've done recently is, is put in a progression framework that allows people to progress both managerially and technically as well to progress into more senior roles and and be a, a senior data engineer a senior data quality analyst and be mm -hmm. at the same level as someone that might be managing a team um, but have that technical leadership uh, element not just a you need to have four people reporting into you kind of thing yeah and that's that's so interesting i know you made reference to a previous podcast episode and I'll, I'll do the same um when I was chatting with Simon from Saga he said the the, the same thing that they're looking at it's the, the, the different thing about data analytics it's not like other departments where most ambition in terms of that direction is you you have people reporting into you they then have people reporting and so on so you go but actually that's not necessarily the route that everyone within data analytics wants to go down and they want to kind of get better at their craft and as you say be, be a manage, manager in in their field rather than direct reports um which which is interesting and i think it makes for an interesting conversation with hr because you're potentially doing something a bit different um, to, to how other departments work. Um, but certainly a, a very clear theme that I am hearing from so many leaders like yourself at the moment is really creating a crystal clear picture of future so that people don't have the chance to look elsewhere because they're so focused on their own journey because they're happy, they're living their passions. And it's interesting to me actually that you say that you're you're looking for specialists rather than generalists. And it means I'm, I'm guessing, this, this educated guess, that they're going to be operating in their passion area far more because it's the thing they've chosen, the thing that they're really good at and what want to do, as opposed to, like you say, being generous and having to do that, you know, one day a week or however long it turns out to be in resources where they're doing things that they can do, but they may be not living for. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's precisely that, because if, if we can get if we can get people in those areas that, that really kind of make them get up in the morning, it, it's beneficial for everyone.
Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, um, as I say, in the kind of macro context, uh, COVID and, and all of that has brought about an awakening, I think, for so many people, not just in the remote sense and kind of do you want to work in office or don't you, but also I want to be doing the things that make me happy because I've really been called into question with work uh, because everything, you know, for everyone got, was turbulent. It was it was the great equaliser in, in many ways in, in that sense. So I'm always keen in the podcast, Callum, as you know, from clearly listening to previous episodes, I always like to pick up pieces of advice so that we have some practical learnings for our listeners as well. I mean, do you have any top tips as a leader for growing a positive culture, as you say, from the management perspective as well, things that you think could be you know, put in to practice after this episode? So one thing that I've always taken the position of is assuming that there's more that I can do to take people on a journey and and it's definitely six of one half a dozen of the other but I think if if you adopt that 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 approach of, of kind of constantly challenging yourself as to what am I what am I doing or what am I not doing to bring people on a journey to bridge that that divide that really that really helps and and particularly where there is such a requirement um for for um uh, a, a new area like, like like data and analytics teams to see things from from a traditional business uh, person's point of view that's really important to, to to show that 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 empathy and then one of the things that's often flowed uh, from that where i question myself is am i starting small enough have i have i taken that baby step have i tried to clean up an entire database whereas really I should just be picking one field in that database and, and saying to I don't know and send to a team okay let's go and sort out your product dimensions data before we try and sort out every attribute in in uh, the, the the product list and and then building up um, that way so I think that's that's probably as, as kind of granular as you can get with with that but challenging yourself there and then the other bit which which is unsurprising given uh, what what my kind of my working day looks like is is prioritizing the people stuff because I just think if you can get that good culture then the cohesiveness and, and the center of excellence that comes from that is is just so powerful so yeah spending spending that time and probably i I'm, from personal experience i felt like i was dedicating too much time and and i know that that sounds bizarre too much time to people stuff but there's there's projects to run as, as stuff but it, it's paid off so quickly uh, i think and and that's been that's been really motivating for me as well yeah and i think you know my my takeaway from from just the conversation we've had so far is that clearly this stuff doesn't happen by accident that you've really put meaningful value into the actions you've taken as you said even thinking to the point oh gosh am I putting too much work into this but that is the results you've seen and I think um, some organizations who perhaps aren't as far ahead as you clearly are is because they're perhaps not working as hard in the direction of of engaging everyone of that kind of future focused talent focused approach and i think um that that's you know kind of setting you apart but i i'd like to uh turn turn our conversation a little bit to kind of almost the practical sides of, of an analytics culture and kind of dig a bit deeper into to what you've been going through at the moment and obviously i i, I mentioned it earlier it's hard not to um but I'd, I'd be keen to know, especially with the use case of supply chains and everything you work on day in, day out, what impact COVID has had on your role within analytics and kind of the, the impact you've seen firsthand. So at the start of 
COVID, we we made a a decision to pretty much drop everything in in terms of long term project stuff and play more of a trading role and supporting supply chain uh, teams in particular with with analysis and 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 moving quickly and and getting stuff that allowed us to or them to work as as well as they could in in the environment and and that was a real step change um for i, I think our, our relationship particularly from a data science um uh, point of view in, in in demonstrating the sort of support that could be um, provided one of the long-term aspirations that that i have is that we as a data and analytics team embed further in the key functions in mns so that's more in the way that a bank would work where their their um uh, quantitative researchers and their, their technology teams are embedded within a financial product so you have the teams that support i don't know uh foreign exchange or something like that and and they're a, a, a group together um and and i think that's 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 really good having the the kind of the, the quants and the tech teams alongside the salespeople and traders seems like a really good way of, of working so covid showed that to me but hopefully i think showed it to other areas of the businesses as, as well and, and that's part of the transformation that we're we're, we're going on we're not finished there at mm. all um but yeah really uh quite a good start of an evolution i think yeah and it seems to be that obviously you mentioned that you're on this journey to move towards that because i know uh many many other leaders were leaned on heavily they were really leaned on suddenly in COVID, and now they then now they need to kind of take a step back because the demands for reporting is still there. But actually, you know, they're, they're they're spending so much time reporting on figures and stuff that they're not able to do anything else, and they're kind of having to pull back. But it sounds like you're happy to kind of lean on in further and actually really commit to this even further going forward. Is is that fair? Yeah, definitely. And there's there's a really good example of uh, something we've got um, at, at the moment. There's some legislation coming in next year uh, that, that focuses on high fat salt and sugar um, uh, products, um, and that's going to change how they can be promoted and, and where they can be put in stores. And our data quality team has been involved in those conversations uh, in in, in um, uh, the, the business from the start. So they've shaped the requirements of what data that we've needed. And, and it's not felt like a burden at all mm. to those teams where you, you can imagine kind of data quality, ooh, it's a bit kind of bureaucratic, but it's not been that at all. And so being in their seat around the table from, from the off has, has been fantastic. Yeah, because I could only imagine the stress if they were brought in in, in the year's time afterwards and said, right, guys, uh, get to work. And then suddenly you've got all that to do, as you say, the seat at the table right at the start, that collaboration, part of that wider culture as well of, of, of have, having that healthy collaboration, um, a, a really big, really, really big part of that as well. Now, something else that, that kind of plays into the to the context of COVID and everything else that's going on is being able to really ensure your work is impactful and measurable and i think sometimes that's harder than than others sometimes it sometimes it is how how easy do you find it to say here's the here's the measurement of success this is how we're being successful to someone that perhaps doesn't understand it from the off you know if, if you're in your team they get it okay yep Callum, i understand why that's good for the business but for someone outside of the team how easy do you find it and what are the methods that you use to say this is successful one of the core capabilities of, of the team has been supporting areas across the business, not just within our team, on doing exactly that. So building experiments, doing the whole trial control group thing as, as you'd get with a with a vaccine is, is the 
salient example I, I like to use on, on this, and, and we do the same when we're rolling out things and then tracking performance on, on that, both operational metrics and then financial metrics um, as, as well. And, and that's, that's, that's been a big step on for, for us. And we're looking to take that further and um, we've got we've got some some tools that allow us to do that and we want to turn that into fully fledged software but also back to my operating model point to bake that into the process in any project so it's it's a must-have that, that you, you you have that capability uh, one of the the things i like most about the, this capability that we built it, it actually just came from a data scientist in the team who put together a, a simple version in his spare time and tested it retrospectively on something that had already been rolled out and then came and demoed it to me and said i think we can we can do this more widely so what is actually one of the things that across the the business we are known for now was was something that was just a, a development project and, and and a piece of uh, kind of spare time uh, work I love that. And I, again, it's links back to the passion. I always love it when I hear about spare time, not that I believe there's any such thing as spare time, but it's clearly a passion beyond nine till five. And I think that's when you know you've got the right people around you is when these innovations are born out of things that aren't mandatory they're not KPIs that they're born out that that extra time so now we're obviously at the start of 2022 what are you thinking about as we uh, continue into the next year what are the next 12 months looking like for you so from a data quality point of view to go through each of the the teams one of the big things that we're focusing on is ownership of our data so people knowing they have accountability for getting that data into a good usable standard and then also on the flip side providing visibility of those data quality issues so that we can action them and be more proactive on the reporting side we're really focusing on getting that good breadth of support across the business so the, the example i mentioned on, on nutrition and sustainability is, is a really good example on that because there's there's evidently some some huge steps on that we can make in, in efficiency and, and and insight as well and then data science it's it's really about building those those high quality products and again in the areas that i mentioned uh, earlier to 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 demonstrate how transformational data science can be to those those operations so again working on on that 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 journey and, and upskilling um uh, the the teams uh, and and really growing in um uh, yeah in the business as a whole Amazing. Well, I mean, I'm excited for, for the for the next year ahead because I know you're going to be joining us at CDO UK in March. You're going to be in a discussion group. And I believe this is your first Crinium event that you're you're speaking at. So I'm excited uh, to see you speak there. I think you're going to be speaking alongside uh, executives from Penguin Random House, MUFG as well, Nest. So it's going to be an interesting discussion for sure. Are you, are you looking forward to the event? Yeah, very much so. It's, it's the the first in person event that, that I've done in a, a couple of years, so it'll be good to yeah, good to get back on a uh, on a panel. Oh wow, exciting! Oh, I always love that. Well, that's brilliant. And uh, just a note to the listeners: if you are in the UK and you want to pop along to that event, it's going to be in London in uh, in March. I can't think of the exact dates off the top of my head. Uh, we'll include the link in the show notes so you can register as well. But Callum, I always end on the same question for the podcast, which is summarizing everything we've we've spoken about today. We and we have covered a lot. In fairness maybe you could pick one or two takeaways that you'd like our listeners to be thinking about as they end the episode with us here today. So two things for me at different ends of the scale. At the macro end, I'd say think big or, or globally. 
these sort of roles are often seen as roles to improve existing processes as opposed to thinking how can I change this process entirely? What capability do I have here to do things completely differently? So I think using teams uh, such as, as the, um, uh, the the ones that I've mentioned to to help stimulate those discussions is is really really powerful. And then at the other end, it's about putting those building blocks in in place. I think getting our people stuff sorted, getting the measurement stuff sorted, getting the data quality. Uh, stuff sorted they're not going to be the headline grabbing things but i'm confident already the amount of money that, that's been saved or generated from from those is is significant and i can't remember who who uh first used the phrase and and when i when i heard it but but someone once said to me we'll be building a palace on quicksand if we don't get these things sorted and i, I just think it, it it sums up really really well in that if you can get those things in in place then the the, the things that, that come on top that, that people do notice will will just fly love that amazing Cam. thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast i look forward to seeing you at the uh, at the event in london in a couple months time but um until then thank you so much great thanks for having me we hope you enjoyed that podcast episode do be sure to subscribe and follow the business of data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode we'd also appreciate your review as well so if you are listening on apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review and as always find us on socials as well as heading over to the business data platform for more forms of great content including articles blogs and video until next time stay safe stay well and we'll see you real soon